Welcome to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack. Joined at the other end by Taylor Mack. Today we'll jump into, we'll talk a little Hawks. It's good to talk the home team a little bit, especially after the crazy victory over the Sixers there in game one. We'll talk Major League Baseball and their new NFT partnership, uh, as well as NBA Launchpad. A couple new platforms that we want to uh, highlight here and you know just kind of tell everyone about and then funding rounds uh, as we typically do to kind of round it out so as i said we'll start with the hawks here and it's exciting it's exciting right now in atlanta we lost one number 11 and i won't say replace but trey young now kind of really just assumes the power position of, of the most famous athlete in atlanta he might have already had that that title even before Julio was dealt over the weekend, but it was great to see, I think what you thought the Hawks could do in the series, which is go out and truly compete against a really good Sixers team, right? Joel Embiid came into, came into the series, a little hobbled. Obviously he has a knee injury. Still don't know the extent of, of how bad he is hurt. Cause he looked great. I mean, there were a couple plays, especially the one kind of late, uh, looked like early fourth quarter where he jumped. Looked like he landed and tried to not put more weight onto his other knee, yeah. which is just kind of interesting to watch. There were a couple of times where he stayed down on the other on the other end of the court during free throw uh, scenarios. So it was it was a crazy game. I thought the first half, right? Trey had twenty five points, I believe nineteen of them going against Danny Green. They truly allowed that pick and roll action, or really the flex the flex action that then the Hawks turned into a pick and roll uh, with Capella and John Collins at the top of the key there to really dictate the flow of the game. Trey was making really it's it, this stretch of basketball is the best I've ever seen him play being, being a Hawks fan. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll I've been one of those people that's been on the fence of how good is Trey young and how, how well can he carry this team just because it felt like, Here's a guy that is limited defensively because of his stature and, and really maybe a little bit of want to, but is extremely talented on the offensive end. And what does that translate to into wins? He now, especially with Nate McMillan as the coach, has understood when to pick his spots, how to get guys involved. And it feels like he truly trusts a lot of his teammates. That's, I'm sure that goes a long way when you bring in guys like Bogdanovich, Gallo, Lou Williams off the bench, he and Trey typically don't play together, but you know, you're just you're just trusting that you don't have to do everything at all times to help this team win. So a great team victory. I thought the ball movement was great early in the game. I think one thing to know, and I don't want to talk about the them not breaking the zone. That's just um I think that's just part of playoff atmosphere. And if you ever played go I'll, I'll even go back to like high school basketball. When you played in big high school moments, there's nothing it's not that you don't know how to prepare for the trap it's more so the atmosphere gets to you right it's the fans going crazy and just that that sense like when kevin herter got the five second call you're just like that's just a that's the moment getting to you as a young player and just letting the crowd dictate everything that's going on so i'm not too worried about that but what i am worried about is you saw it in multiple times against the knicks there are stretches where the hawks because they're a young team they almost they relax a little bit Mm -hmm. there were times i was looking for you know the GIF, or you remember the scene in Friday Night Lights when the uh, the Dallas Carter head coach got the the lollipop in his mouth and he's like yeah, doing like this, kind of like winding the clock. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find that because that's what it felt like in the second and really early third quarter. Like 
you got to step on their necks. When you, I think I saw someone tweeted out what, what Giannis said, right? You don't play with your food. And the Hawks did it a ton of times in the Knicks series, obviously did it again on Sunday. They get super relaxed and they get super complacent with where they are. And and they almost they almost gave away the game. But to me, it felt like what they can do, and especially if they get DeAndre Hunter back, they can truly dictate the flow of the game. We'll see how the Sixers come out here in game two. But, uh, you know, Embiid was great. And it still felt like even with him being as good as he was, the Hawks could the Hawks would just have so much depth and the ability to, to make three pointers really changes the flow of that game. Yeah, I mean, just to encapsulate everything from the past two series that we've seen from the Hawks, and because uh, they got the most exciting ball in the East right now, in my opinion. Great series start off with you know Bucks and um, Bucks and Nets, but yeah, Trey's doing something right now with his consistent with his consistency. I I never doubted Trey, but there was always the conversation of, you know, oh, you see Luca popping like this. We made the trade. Like, what would it be like if we had Luca? I, I think it's kind of shaping up that you see the two organizations and what they do for their stars. And Hawks immediately in the same draft, they got Herder as well. So you looked at the Splash Bros of the East con- concept. You got Linth that can run with Herder, DeAndre, I mean, you say DeAndre Hunter. And then you got John Collins as well with the athleticism, but consistency, a better consistency from the three that you need from a slasher like that. So it's a team that can you know, be set up to be dangerous. And then you pick up those pieces of Lou Will um, along, along with Capella and Gallinari. And you brought, brought in Bogdanovich. And it's a team that is it's sneaky, they're sneaky good. And I think that now that they've hitting their, they're hitting their stride, super dangerous because they have the length, they can stretch with Gallinari being able to hit the three consistently. So now you're bringing a big out of the lane, and then that allows for Trey to kind of get that little floater or it's going to be a lob. You had that high pick and roll. But like you said on the trap with the Sixers, yeah, that's just – that's basketball. And and all it is is as any coach just wants, just speed them up. If you speed a team up, that's right. where the come from. And then there's no – we didn't have a timeout, so it was perfect. It was, it was, it was a perfect storm. Um, because no timeout crowds on you. They got, they cut it to two and, um, from being down eight, I think, or seven, whatever. And yeah, it was a perfect combination. Almost, almost great execution by doc being able to do that. Cause the track really wasn't working. Um, cause you were, we were finding the lanes to, to, to throw in and out of, uh, the high, the high trap on the, I don't even call that wing extended really as you crossed half court and that high screen was coming anyway. So um, Hawks did what they did against the Knicks. You stole one. All you need is one on the road. If you can take one and you don't give up something at home, it's all you, that's all you need. So they're doing their job. I'm happy. I'm happy to see it. Yeah. I mean, they've got home court now. They've, they've flee uh, to your point, flipped home court and we'll see. We'll see. I expect, to your point, I expect the Sixers to do more of the blitzes, do more of the traps off of the high pick and roll. We'll see the counter that Nate McMillan did, and it was a great counter. He took out Solomon Hill, who was not shooting. He, he made a couple threes, but wasn't shooting it great. Brought in Kevin Herter, who not only knocked out more shots, but also was a playmaker, right? He can create his own shot. He can, you know, he can essentially just kind of dribble and, and do some things off of the bounce. And that changed the way that their blitzes were then kind of coming there. Obviously, Ben Simmons getting the second foul, and I'm not getting into that. It wasn't a foul, but 
Trey right. is amazing, right, at, at, at putting the onus on the officials. And that also changed it too, right? Now Ben Simmons and Thibel couldn't get out there on, on Trey the same way because of the foul trouble, which, was, yeah. which is going to be a thing moving forward too. Trey's amazing at manipulating that. Yeah, it was good. I'm happy. Let's go. Let's, hey, let's go, Hawks. We're ATL Sports Tech for a reason. Sports Tech Atlanta. Exactly. We'll, um, we'll jump into Major League Baseball here. Let's jump and start getting getting down into the, uh, the sports tech stories here. Major League Baseball has – really this came a couple weeks ago, so you might have already seen this, but just wanted to highlight it super quickly, uh, obviously with some of the ties for myself within baseball. But Major League Baseball signed a deal with digital collectible company Candy Digital. Uh, and to launch their own market of NFTs. So and on Candy Digital's platform, um, running that which runs on the Ethereum blockchain, fans will be able to purchase, collect, view, and trade the NFTs, which will be developed by their team of digital artists, designers, and technologists. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the the this also was launched as a joint venture by. Uh, Michael Rubin, uh, shout out, you know, Meek Mill shouts him out a ton. He is part owner also of the Sixers, um, who's and the Fanatics chairman. Galaxy Digital CEO, uh, Mike Navigratz, and entrepreneur Gary Vee. So you've probably seen this. If you follow Gary Vee on Instagram, you've seen him talk about this really for the past couple of months that they started to ramp this up. So it's pretty cool. The first NFT that they're launching uh, from MLB and Candy Digital is a one of them NFT of Lou Gehrig's iconic luckiest man speech, which he delivered in 1939 at Yankee Stadium after being diagnosed with ALS, which uh, is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool to to document that, obviously, just a, a you know, one of those iconic moments in baseball, uh, but pretty cool. And, and, you know, you thought this was going to happen. You saw the uh, success of NBA Top Shot. You knew Major League Baseball and subsequently NFL will start to roll out something. So pretty cool here that they've uh, uh, you know created this venture here. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest name one here that really steered this in the right direction. Um, you hear him all the time. He tells you go go on Amazon, buy them hundred dollar packs, Gary V. Um, and I think understanding what an NFT should be able to bring and what that should accomplish for fans. Um, this initial rollout is exactly what I would, what, what I want to see as an NFT. It's something that is rare. And if you're going to produce it and this is only going to be a one of one, obviously that, that you just read off, but if you're going to bring something out of the vault like this, and there's plenty of things in the vault, especially if you have the partnerships with official partnerships with major league NBA, NFL, there's so many things that you can go back on, grab, mint, put that into a specific ID, and then put that out for the masses to buy. And I think that's where you get the true value. Um, I like what NBA Top Shot is doing. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm invested in and I, I have some moments myself. And um, but when it comes to doing an NFT drop, I think this is exactly what you're, you're looking to accomplish um, to bring that value out initially. And it entices me. Like I want to go out and buy. I would love to go out. I know there's there's no way I'm going to be able to win this <laughs> win this bidding for it. Um, so I I like where this is going. And good job. You know who's shaking in the boots right now? The traditional card manufacturers. Because if this goes, I don't know about that. Way, I mean, 
card values are so crazy right now. So many cards are selling for, you know, it's, it's such a great time to sell if you have cards. Mm-hmm. The tough part is getting them graded, right? There's such a back jam and backlog for you. I mean, it takes you a year plus if you send them in to truly get them graded. So, yeah, I think the tough thing, and we've talked about this, is the market, right? How do you how do you create the value within the market for these one-of-one type NFT situations? Or even NBA Top Shot, right? We've seen the market slow down as far as transactions, how, transactions per day, the, the transaction amounts. I think that's going to be the thing moving forward is, okay, let's use NBA Top Shot, right? If the Michael Jordan switch hands or the Michael Jordan shrug, if that's worth $2 million, then a random dunk by Zion in 2021 is not worth $200,000, right? And I think that's the thing is trying to correctly price the market. Oh, it's in a major, it's in a major correction right now because I think everybody's realizing like, wait, why, why am I spending money like this for a LeBron three pointer? From two months right. ago, like this doesn't make sense. I think that's the thing moving forward, but that I think that's why base. I like how baseball, to your point, you know, Gary V being a part of this, starting off with a one of one Lou Gehrig, and then going from there. Right? Okay, a one of one Lou Gehrig goes for let's just say that's going to go for five hundred five hundred thousand. No, let's say it goes for five million or something like that, right? Okay, all right. I was I was on the conservative end. So way conservative. Now you, you know. Okay, that's that's. Yeah. It's an iconic speech. It's a one of one, all that type of stuff, right? Then from there, is they create these different assets uh, with the teams, with the players, with the with the league. Now it's like, okay, the Jim Edmonds crazy catch, or the Matthew Clark over the fence, or I don't know, Mike Trout, right? Now you have an idea of, okay, th- this should go for X amount. This should go for X Y amount, right? Right. So I think that's, I like how they're doing it there, as opposed to just a marketplace that to your point goes crazy. And then you have to have this whole correction on it. Right. And uh, a big thing is that it's tied onto the Ethereum network and everybody knows you have, it's proof of stake or uh, it's not proof of work. Well, uh, uh, someone might correct me out there if it's POS, I don't think it's POW. Um, And so, but the familiarity with Ethereum and the trust there, because a lot of NFTs are already run off Ethereum. So uh, plus Mark on that one. And then obviously coming off with, one of the most iconic players ever in the league uh, with Lou Gehrig's iconic speech. So yeah, I think it's, they're, they're on the right path. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I can't wait for the Dontrell Willis NFT to come out. I'm gonna buy that up. Don't ask me why that popped in my head, but that's, it's a unique, you can get a unique video when he was going on that, on that run for that uh, during the world series. I'm going to buy it. It's just there's so there's so much you can do with MLB. I don't think anybody out there got why you just said Don Willis. So many names you could have said, right? Derek Dontre Jeter, Willis. Chipper Dontre. Jones, King Dontre Griffey Willis. Jr. Don Willis. Name who, who you got? Who you got? You got anybody else? I mean, if there's one like if there's one player uh-huh. that I'm like hoping to get, Don Willis. No, it's got to be. You know, my favorite player growing up, right, was Andrew Jones and Jeter. But I think a Deion Sanders one would be awesome. Uh, Deion would be dope. Uh, like a Bo Jackson. Like when he was, runs up the wall. 
that would be cool. I'm thinking more obscure, but really great players. And you're like, oh, I, I, I forgot about those moments. But I feel and, like that's uh, that's the thing about the value, right? Like, no offense to Dontrell Willis. Shout out. Awesome pitcher. Really good hitter as a pitcher, too. But if you bought his NFT, there's no – unless you just wanted to keep it for the rest of your life, there's really no resale value. I think there'd be resale. That, again – Especially, I think so. That what the, the, biggest, the biggest thing about NFT is now it's the accessibility, and I think that's what's going to make your lesser, I say cards in a sense. That's what I have in my head. But those those players or those moments that could be looked at as lesser than somebody before, because you could have you could have a, a, a mint card right now that's stuck in somebody's, which we have it all the time. You find it; it's stuck in a drawer, stuck in um, a shoebox somewhere. But with these it's always out there. So it's not like it's going to be kind of forgotten about. So yeah, it's not a moment that I think is a prominent, pl- you know, not. Yeah, but it's not about being forgotten player. about it. It's about the. I think the resale value will be the there. I, I think, I think the resale value would still be there just from how you're going to have the accessibility. No, but we've already seen with NBA Top Shot, right? Like maybe but not the best have, example again because yeah. of the way that they've done the market and that there's, yeah. you know, 50,000 of one type of moment, right? But right. who would be compared to Dr. Willis? Um I mean, DeMar DeRozan, right? Are you looking? DeMar DeRozan is a really, really good basketball player. He ain't a champion, though. You got to give me a champion. That's some, so that, that's my point, right? I think Dontrell's the market champion. for these type of like NFTs and for these digital type of plays are are the market is truly skewed to the best players, right? The players that have the most iconic moments, the players that come to your mind when you're thinking of the sport, right? The mm-hmm. Derek Jeters, the Ken Griffey Juniors, right? Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, no, there's nothing against a DeMar DeRozan or a Dontra Willis. They just, their value kind of falls to the wayside at the moment when we're talking about these type of tokens and still in the card world, right? Like, I have no idea what a DeMar DeRozan goes for right now, but it's not the same as if you had a rookie card of LeBron. If it, or yeah. Games. I would say, I'm just saying if you took, I get what you're saying. Um, I'll see how this comes out, but that's what I would want. I would want to pick up. The, yeah, we'll, we'll shift from there. The, the next one here is the NBA. Taylor actually posed this question to me a couple weeks ago. And it was a great question. Now you're starting to see some of the answers is will leagues. The question was, will leagues start to adopt some of these a cohort or accelerator type of initiatives to go after furthering technology within their sport. Uh, we saw Microsoft do something, uh, or not, I should say, with the Milwaukee sports teams partnered with Microsoft to put something like this on. Techstars and the Minnesota Twins partnered recently. FIFA uh, launched an accelerator program, uh, and, and kind of the list goes on from there, right? So the NBA has now launched NBA Launchpad which is really aiming to, to help their game, right? How can they figure out the best way to call out entrepreneurs, call out companies to further technology within their sport? So the NBA is seeking uh, innovative products, technologies, or other platforms that address four NBA priorities. The priorities are innovating ankle injury prevention and recovery, elevating health and wellness in youth basketball, enhancing elite youth player performance, and advancing referee training and development. 
So super cool. There's a couple platforms that we've talked about that have done a little bit in this as far as the elite youth performance, uh, referee training, like the coach app, uh, coach tactic board, excuse me, um, as well as ankle ankle injury prevention. So I, I expect a lot of companies to, to uh, sign up for this. I believe they are uh, accepting submissions now through August and will announce finalists in each category in September. Uh, Taylor, what do you think about this one? Yeah, um, not to sound like I'm not super excited about this, but I mean, you kind of read everything out and, and summarized, um, you know, because we talked about FIFA doing it and how we were looking for you know, our major sports leagues to start doing that as well. And so this is um, something that I'm happy that they have. And I hope people take advantage of it, but I, 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 you already know where I'm at. And I think this is a very, very good thing that they're putting in um, great idea and love that they're implementing this. And I, I hope the implementation of this goes through smoothly and um, you get that a new crop of companies, startups, but whatever to get that support. I like it. Always love it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Anytime I think the league or an organization can have a hand in, really transforming their game from a technological perspective. Uh, I think it's awesome. So excited to see what companies are, are uh, you know, yeah, essentially kind of assigned to each category and, right. and really how those companies, uh, you know, kind of further themselves in advance. Right. Because before it was individual teams kind of running their own things within their own you know, selective cities. Now having the, the full umbrella with the NBA shield, that's what we were looking for. And, you know, we spoke it into existence from here. STA. That's Sports Tech Atlanta for those that were like, what is STA? Yes, you are listening to Sports Tech Atlanta, just to remind you. I don't know about us being there, but yeah, it's uh, definitely very cool to kind of Now, see. we spoke that into existence. I don't care if this must have been in the works for in the background for months. Nah, right after we said it, then it comes out. We're the ones that did this. You're welcome. Thank you for that. So we got two platforms. We'll hit them quickly. Uh, our Hawks talk went a little long this morning. The first one here is 4D replay. And I saw this and I was like, this is awesome. We've been seeing different camera angles, which is really cool. Just, you know, the one that we were talking about off air before we jumped on here was the Aaron Donald. Uh, if you remember, it was a game on Fox. You know, they they did like the wide angle. And as they kind of came in, um, it looked like it was a video game. It's him like on the sidelines, like kind of warming up a little bit. There was another one when uh, the Washington football team scored a touchdown and the same kind of angle came in, which is, it's just a different kind of feel. Right. Um, so I wanted to highlight this one because um, really just the way that they're able to do this. So 40 replay is a multi angle replay video solution, uh, which when it's applied to a match or when it's played, the 100 special cameras of 40 replay installed are able to create and transmit real-time highlight videos after filming the main scenes of the game, uh, which is pretty cool. So then viewers are able to feel and experience the liveliness of the stadium, even if they're at home. Obviously, we're trying to figure out the best solutions coming out of COVID. How many people are going to be? I think people are, if you watch the USA-Mexico match on Sunday, I think people are going to continue to go to sporting events. Again, we got to at some point talk about why people are acting so crazy, but it does give you another experience of, of, of not being there, right? Not having this FOMO of like, ah, oh, man, I missed out. The other part of this too, I went to um, a Dodgers game recently. And I mean, it's just, it's so pricey, right? For the average, average family, average fan. So 
having something like this, which brings you, which immerses you in the experience and gives you this amazing view of the athletes themselves, uh, I think is not only the future, but just an amazing uh, technological advancement. I like it. I like it a lot. And there are some reservations, though, because what this technology does best is it can capture moments for sports that are kind of uh, it kind of depends on how you or where you're going to set up the cameras if you're only going to do like one half of the field. But a couple of the examples that they have were obviously, you know, um, court based games. So volleyball was the big one that they have if you if you YouTube it and uh, court sizes of, of the like, basically. So expanding it, it's going to give you those angles. So to, to kind of help picture this for, for folks like Sterling was explaining. So imagine, you know, when you play Madden and you get an interception, it pauses it and it can rotate it. Or when you're playing FIFA and you do the replay and you do the telly replay and then you start zooming around and you can actually do this on 2k and, and, and Madden too, but you start spinning the camera around. Imagine you can do it's That's exactly what you can do with these literally, but it's 4k, the high, high definition. So, uh, I like, I like what they're able to do. It's just when it comes from a cost standpoint and then getting this set up, I think you can only do this for the major games unless you have these just already pre-built into stadiums and everything. But I think it adds something in, like you said, for those that can't make it to the game, it allows you to really be immersed, give yourself that incredible Devo and TiVo, DVR, TiVo, mixed them, sorry. Um, yeah, I was like, what is Devo? Yeah, I put them both together. <laughs> it would be a heck of a system, though, let me tell you. And now you can get every single angle. You can pause it. And you can make those highlights and throw it on your Twitter, your Instagram as you're watching games. So it does give you those extra angles. But I, I think the picture that you get is amazing. It's just kind of implementing it and putting it out there is where right. I'm a little when it comes from stadiums and leagues, because you're like, how much is this going to cost and how can we execute this uh, economically and structure this so that we can have this as a regular, you know, regular, regular occurrence for our fans. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's cool, and, and kind of like just to piggyback off of what you said, right? To be able to show a video, you know, as you're at home, but to also like see the sweat that's coming off of the players or spectators that's in there, just like it brings a different experience, I think, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I'm interested to see uh, their next partnership, kind of the next game that 4D Replay uh, decides to broadcast, and really the the response from that. Last platform here is Arya NLG a leading provider of natural language generation, which is where the NLG comes from. Uh, they announced a strategic alliance with Boost Sport AI to power digital storytelling across sports, media, sports betting, and e-commerce. I thought this was kind of cool, just obviously kind of what we do, but also just to highlight it. I mean, I think anytime you're able to really use AI in a way, uh, and I can kind of read this off here. So the two companies are launching a no-code AI platform that allows content creators to build and deploy authentic sports stories with extreme personalization and limitless scale. So the AI extracts and writes sports insights and data-driven stories that are relevant and personalized to the end user, um, which is pretty cool, I think. I think anytime you're able to, to again, use AI um, 
to, to truly kind of like give you these data insights from a content perspective, it really changes, I, I think, the landscape of not only what we do, but I think what you kind of see from an Instagram and Twitter perspective, which is pretty cool, especially when you're talking sports betting and e-commerce, right? And now there, there's some different things you're able to, to, to really kind of go after there. Um, so that's that's why I wanted to highlight this. Taylor, what'd you think about this one? Yeah, no, see, I, I like this because the biggest thing that I've seen now and and they pointed this out about the, that there's a trend away from authenticity and that's what people are kind of been craving for it. And you see it majorly when it, or, or, or largely when it comes to like the political news and finding outlets that you can trust or, you know, that you're, you're, you're not getting, you're not given the runaround essentially. And you have that personalized feel for whatever you're trying to pull in. And I like that, that that's what they're aiming to accomplish. And so you're giving the end user back one, the authenticity two, the personalization and three, I think the satisfactory satisfactory God is satisfactions. Shoo, sorry. Satisfaction. Um, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I, that's what I was going. I was, I was mixing satisfactory and satisfaction because I was didn't know which way I was going to go, but you give the, the end user, the satisfaction, um, of having that choice and um and just the the feel that they're getting the you know the news that they're trying to have not like you're trying to be framed in one way or another but um i i i like what they're they're trying to do here because that's the biggest thing that i've seen this kind of goes beyond sports and just kind of wrapping all that back together is just people having and finding those avenues to get the content that they want and the content that they believe um, is trustworthy enough. And so this, this gives you that ability. And at the same time, on the flip side, those content creators and those that are kind of overlooked, you might be able to be, you know, stumble upon. And then now you're on somebody else's radar. So I think in turn, you're allowing for more voices to be heard. And then on, from um, just the consumer standpoint, they get to tailor their settings to, to get the feed of whatever they're looking for. Uh, and I, I think it's nice. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I think it's cool, right? You can you can the pro the process to your point from a content perspective is so easy, right? To be able to select a sport, choose the end user and the attribute to that end user that the end user that you're going after, and then personalize the narrative, uh, and then the AI essentially does the rest. So super cool. I think an amazing idea. Be great for marketing teams out there. But to your point, Taylor, to also to to you know to content those that work in content, right. To be able to see what they're able to do. So shout out to Aria uh, and NLG for creating this. We'll round out as we do every week here on sports tech Atlanta seed talk with funding. Um, Tybles, Tibbles, 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 Tibbles. I would say Tibbles. Tibbles. Digital collectibles platform that uses blockchain technology to trade NFTs announced a 1.1 million funding million dollar funding round led by Dapper Labs, the creator of NBA Top Shot. Obviously, we referenced them a little bit earlier. Uh, it's another online marketplace for buying and selling collectibles. Um, as you know, whatnot, which we highlighted recently, just raised $50 million in Series B funding, uh, which is just three months after a $20 million Series A round. So it's just it's crazy where that's all really going right from a digital collectible perspective um but again shout out to tibbles on their um on their new funding round i know we got to be quick because you have one more after this one but i guess the only point i have and it comes up with dapper lab since that's that's who's 
that's sponsored by. But uh, when you do an NFT, I feel like people, the only limitation you have with NFTs is that you can't just take that off and sell it on your own somewhere else. It has to be within the platform that's built. And I think that's right. something that has to change. And it's going to be interesting with baseball because it's, ba- it's built off of the Ethereum network. And if you can do that, anything that's been uh, written off of the Ethereum blockchain, you should be able to then pass within the Ethereum blockchain. And there's plenty of things that you can trade and sell. So that's my, that'll be my only critique when it comes to the NFTs right now, because that's the greatest advantage of having a physical memorable collect collectible memorabilia collectible uh, is that you can take that and sell that wherever you want. It doesn't have to be in a specific exchange. Yeah, totally agree. The last one this week in funding is Virtuix, which has raised over 19 million from more than 6,500 investors. Love this. Um, I've been talking to a few people about just micro uh, investing. Obviously those small checks, sometimes you write at the beginning, there's one thing I saw. I mean, if you had written, let's see if I can do this super, super quickly. If you had written a check, this is crazy to think about, right? If you wrote a check for $5,000 to Uber back in, I think that would have been nine years ago, that $5,000 now would have been, would be worth $24 million, right? So it's awesome to do just, you know, write small checks for, for early stage companies, something that, you know, we're focusing on to sports tech Atlanta. I'll jump back into Virtuix um, why I said that, because I think there, this is really cool. We've talked about VR and really health and connected fitness for a long time now. They have the Omni One virtual reality treadmill. Um, so it's essentially right. Their Omni technology makes VR more tactical and immersive by letting you physically move, right? So acting like you're on a treadmill while wearing a VR headset. The treadmill's 360-degree experience enables players to walk or run in any direction inside their favorite video games, Um, which is pretty cool. I think this is awesome. Mark Cuban is one of the major investors in this one. Virtuix has shipped over $10 million worth of their commercial Omni systems to entertainment venues in 45 countries, uh, including locations like Dave & Buster's. So this is one definitely on the rise. Um, Again, this is why we kind of highlight these. We want to highlight early-stage startups. and really see things like this when you've got 6,500 investors in something, um, you know, it, it, it's really cool to see. So again, shout out to them. Shout out to Virtuix. Uh, definitely check out their Omni One virtual reality treadmill. And that rounds out this week's Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. Uh, again, you can find me at Mac, and you can find Taylor at TaylorMac29. Uh, we appreciate it. Continue to rate subscribe and listen and we'll see you in the next edition of sports take line to see talk